welcome to the No So Podcast, your weekly home for all things wrestling. This week we're in for a doozy, so let me introduce you to your No So crew. First, he is the human wrestling database, Corey Mack. Hey, hey. The No So Living Legend, Mike Poople. Hi, everybody. The artist formerly known as the Big Dog, Devin Dalwig. Can I be the tribal chief now? No, t- there's only gonna, one tribal chief. There's only chief. one. Right. Okay. Well, then, real name, no gimmick. And I'm your host, Joseph Lessel. Sadly, we have to start this show off with some sombering news. Uh, the day after we recorded last week's episode, uh, we found out that the uh, that Road Warrior animal, Joe Laronitis, passed away. And is I, assuming sleep. That's what I've heard. Yeah, That's what I the prevailing s- theory is. Crazy! It's crazy because of the fact you know what that you guys mentioned that he was tweeting the night, the night before night the night he died. Yeah. He he tweeted about a picture of his wife and wished her a happy anniversary. That's what they were on vacation doing is celebrating their anniversary. Mm. Oh, they were on vacation. Mm-hmm. Damn. Yeah, I saw the. I went on his Twitter and saw that. And then a couple what was it, a couple hours later, she found him unresponsive laying in bed, and looks like natural causes. Yeah, passed away at the age of 60. Uh, She's too young for that. Yeah. But then again, hard life. That pro wrestling lifestyle in the 80s. Do you guys have any uh, favorite moments? Oh, yeah. We we, we tweeted some of them. I'll go mine first. Uh, It's after the WrestleMania 15? 14. 14, right? Mm -hmm. The street fight? Uh, Where he talked about he brought a literal kitchen sink to the ring. Which was WrestleMania thirteen. Thirteen. Yeah, yeah. Which was absolutely phenomenal because it's always like he he was never like but the kitchen sink. I was like, no, I was glad I had it with me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Mine was as an eight year old, um, watching World Championship Wrestling on TBS. And they had just turned heel on Sting and beat the living crap out of him. And they were feuding with Dusty Rhodes then. And he had been their six man tag team partner, but they turned heel and they attacked him. So they attacked him on the show and Animal, while Hawk's beating the shit out of him, Animal unscrews one of the spikes from his shoulder pad and proceeds to dig it into Dusty's eye. There's blood all over the place, and Bonte Reddit scared the shit out of this 18-year-old kid who thought the Road Warriors were the baddest motherfuckers ever. It's crazy. Oh, God. Uh, one, I would say one of the crazy things about the you know, Road Warriors, Legion of Doom, was the transition they had... Wa- during the Monday Night Wars, which Ugh. you can listen to what we thought of it during the Monday Night War stories about how they were in when they were in WCW, they were somewhat badass, you know, because of what being on TNT and all that. So mm-hmm. they had to tame it. And then they went to WWF. And then you like there's just that one week, I believe, Corey, you were like, what the hell happened to these guys? And like this one week it's like Deborah. Like, yeah, they, they, they switched companies, and then what the hell happened They to them? took them, and they just they decided that since they'd been around for 14 years, that it was time to just treat them like old stiffs who couldn't cut anymore. And while they had lost a step, let's not pretend they didn't, I don't think they needed to be put out to pasture that severely. Um, it really hurt them. My, f- my memories of them are always back to the WCW days, because they were more badass then. They used to come out to Iron Man by Black Sabbath, and... The crowd would lose their shit, and they'd run through them with the spikes on. Like, it didn't matter who got hit. Run in and just pound the living shit out of their opponents. They were the first opponents where um, it was reported that some of the enhancement talent for those tapings would show up and look to see who they were scheduled to fight, and it would just turn around and go back to the car and leave. 
Because yeah. they were like, I'm not taking that ass beating tonight. I heard that. And it wasn't because they were pricks. It was because they were legitimate, just tough dudes, still green enough that they didn't know how to work properly. And they were just stiff because they were making it look good because mm-hmm. they were bad motherfuckers. Weren't they like bouncers? Bouncers yep. at a very popular bar in Minnesota, Minneapolis. They, they were they they need bouncers for them because they were <laughs> they're like that so, tough. It was particularly Scott Norton and Animal. They had bouncers for those two because they would go overboard and just start beating the ever loving piss out of the people they needed to deal with. Mm. So I was like, all right, calm down here. They the two of them used to have contests to see who can throw the parties out further out the door. Norton and Animal. Yep. If you, if you had to leave because you've been drinking too much, they would make a contest of it. Who threw you further? Like DJ Jazzy Jeff. Yeah. Yeah. It was just oh! like people <laughs> flying out the fucking door. That's awesome. I also just remember the promos. Like with with the Road well. Warriors. With the Road Warriors, it's not really matches. Hmm. Uh, you could, I mean, they had a fun matches, but it's not like they were work rate heavy. They would just beat the piss out of people. It was the promos. Hawk was crazy. And my favorite promo of theirs probably was a WCW one about um, the Midnight Express had done some underhanded deeds to them with a tennis racket and chairs and left him out. And Animal went on this long diatribe about how he's going to cripple Jim Cornette and they're all going to pay the price. And then he just says, tell him, Hawk. And Hawk just goes, well, after we're done with you, we're coming after family members. And walk off. And I was just like, God damn. <laughs> that escalated quickly. You're like, you, you believe that shit. You're like, yeah. God damn. Someone hide Mama Cornette. Yeah. Yeah. Um, off the top of your head, Corey. Yeah. Where would you rank them all time? <sighs> Taking in the whole thing. So I'm doing it from a pro wrestling mm-hmm. thought process, not my personal. Right. They're the number one tag team of all time. Because after they were created and got over... Every company, every territory had a Road Warrior ripoff, whether it's the Powers of Pain, Demolition, and then the many, the territories had numerous, like, just, I mean, even as we went further on, uh, the Pitbulls in ECW are blatantly based off the Road Warriors. Um, they, they, I mean, uh, Sting and Ultimate Warrior with the face paint, I mean, they were the most influential tag team of all time in that instance. And up until... 90 with the WWF where they kind of neutered him mm-hmm. when they brought him in. They made top guy money everywhere they went and drew you houses. Even as of years ago, the Ascension. Clearly. Yeah, the Ascension or Road yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. It goes up to this day, yeah. I mean, that's if there's a powerful team with a lot of muscles that just bulldoze through people. With face paint. Not even, even without. Look at the Authors of Pain. Yeah, look at the Authors of Pain. But who in, had uh, Paul Ellering as a manager. Oh my yeah. God. Uh <laughs> <laughs> Look how many we just found. Yeah. Like, if, if you're a muscular tag team who just bulldozes through people, you were based on the Road Warriors. So it worked, and they were the, they were the original, and it was all done by accident. That's my favorite part. Acolytes? Yeah, the APA. They're once, that should have been the Road Warriors gimmick when they came back to the WWF. And yeah. They went to them yeah. It would have been perfect for them. So, like, so they're, say, they're number one. So, Corey... They're number one in your wrestling. They're not my personal number one. What are they? Do you have one? Do you have them in your personal? They're in the mix, but they're not. They're not top three or four even. Top ten. They're top ten certainly. I mean, I I mean, really? I grew up watching them. So, Mm -hmm. can I ask what top three is? Midnight Express is number one. Uh, The Rockers are number two. Shawn Michaels and Marty Jannetty. And number three, I waffle on that one sometimes. Um... Uh, most of the time, it's the Hart Foundation. 
Brett but, and Jim. Jim. But I'd be lying if I said Arn and Tully aren't like. So they switch. Yeah, they're those three two A, switch. Three B. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Those are my all-time favorites. Um, I was a bigger Demolition fan than Road Warriors because when I first started watching, it was WWF, and I saw them first. Mm. Um, but it didn't take me long to figure out that the Road Warriors were the original ones, um, and, I, and I dug them. How can you not dig that energy when they came out with, the, with Iron Man by Black Sabbath mm. and all that? Still on the network, too. Yeah. yeah they, they, they haven't. Oops. Uh, it's Road oops. Wars. Yeah. Oops. You know. <laughs> Maybe they uh, animal told him that stays in. They're not worried about the cat coming to find him. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you can also, there's also an episode of the uh, Dark Side of the Ring. I'm really glad they got to do that before same, he died. Same. It would have been weird to not have either one of them to have uh, an input. And I think I texted you guys uh, when he died. I was curious. It had been 17 years since Hawk died. It's crazy. That is bonkers and they were the same age so I think Hawk was 43 when he died 40 which is younger than Cena Styles yeah younger than all of them right now Jeff Hardy that is bonkers to me Hawk of the two it's well known that of the two Animal was by far the more straight Mm -hmm. that's not to say he didn't have any fun Mm -hmm. but he (laughs) but he was not the addict and the demons didn't hit him the demons didn't hit him like they did Hawk Hawk had the demons uh you know, shout out. I mean, I, I feel terrible for his wife to be on vacation celebrating your anniversary and he passes away. That can't be easy. No. His uh, son, former NFL player, Joe Laurinaitis. Mm-hmm. Uh, his his brother, People Power. Yep. Yeah, when I woke up, it was like <laughs> 6'10", pitch black, like my phone lights blinding the shit out of me and I'm like re- trying to read. And I'm like, I swear to God, it was John Laurinaitis. I like sat up and I was like, oh, poor Joe. <laughs> and then I was like, oh, Joe Laurinaitis. Well, that yeah. still sucks. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. And he had another brother who was a wrestler, Crash the Terminator. I, don't, I think his name was Mark Laurinaitis. Oh, never heard of him. He was not as talented as the other two. And that's saying something considering John Laurinaitis was not very talented. People power. Um, yeah. He, he was a smart politically. <laughs> yeah. uh, but the, the younger brother looked a lot like Animal, actually. Flat top, wrote... Uh, with the long hair in the back and had face paint. Um, you could definitely tell he was Animal's little brother. <laughs> <laughs> little I have animal. no idea where John Laurinaitis gets in. Yeah, I was just going to wonder, how does he get in there? <laughs> yeah. What a rush, huh? an idea. But, uh, but yeah, no, but terrible news. Um, like I said a week ago when we talked about it off air, ever since 2015, oh. it's like a steady flow of punches to my gut, my, my youth, my mm-hmm. adolescence the is just dying. Piper, the Survivor Series. Dusty, Dusty. I mean, Savage, way back in 11. You keep going from there on. But, I mean, Mean Gene was mean Gene. early this year. Yeah, yeah, Mean Gene and yeah, Nikolai Volkov, and I mean it goes on. It's just crazy that that Survivor Series photo of uh, Von Erich, yeah, Warrior in the war in the LOD, and it's just like, and that you have no idea how cool of a team that was at the time, because you had the Ultimate Warrior, the WF champion. You had Kerry Von Erich, who was known as the modern-day warrior for years in world class, and the Legion of Doom, who everybody knew were the road warriors. So to have them all on one team was fucking cool was in the fall of 90. Was that for Von Erich? Was he just in there for that? Like, no, he was there for like two years. Was he? Yeah. I didn't know that. He was the Intercontinental Champion at the time. And uh, that was a cool team. Lost star power on that team, man. Yeah, that's a lot of star they didn't lose? No, they took on uh, Mr. Perfect and all three members of Demolition. An axe was on his last night in the company, so he didn't even bother to wet back his hair. It was all fluffy. Awesome. He was in there like a minute and a half, got Nothing splashed amazing. by the Ultimate Warrior, 
one, two, three. He just sits up and walks out of the ring, <laughs> never to be seen again. Hell yeah. Amazing. <laughs> Austin so. Aries did. Yeah. <laughs> so everyone here at No Cell Entertainment sends their thoughts and prayers to the Laurinaitis family. I'd be remiss if I didn't say the same joke that I'm only half joking about when I say another member of that classic era is gone. Jake the Snake is still alive. It's crazy. Crazy. It's like him and Flair, man. They just, they're not going to die. <laughs> <laughs> nope. So let's move on to uh, an outbreak of COVID for both companies. <laughs> yeah. Thoughts? Uh, uh, I believe, uh, AW, I, I feel like AEW started it, right? Archer, well, yeah. from what I read, Archer wasn't connected to the outbreak. Archer said that he went home, and, and somebody he knows at home had it. And so to be safe. I think safe, it was his wife. Yeah, whoever it was. I'm pretty sure he said it was his to wife. To be safe, he got tested and was negative, but's doing the 14-day quarantine. Mm-hmm. And Ben Carter, who's an indie sick. guy, who I told you is the future. Mm-hmm. He got it, and I think another person from AEW got it. What it looks like, they got it from working an indie show. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was, if I recall, with uh, Archer, it was a family friend took his dog to the vet. Yeah, and yep. then she tested positive, and then I think his wife has lost slight of taste or slight of smell, one of the two, and then he's like negative. Yeah, and WWE, it's it's actually NXT. That one is a little worse because, from all accounts, it's just that they decided to throw a party. And in WWE, on both the main roster and NXT, apparently there's multiple stories that they've gotten extremely lax and wearing masks because mm-hmm. they just, you know, they're in a work. They act like they're in a bubble, but they're not. It's essentially a college campus vibe, yeah. which is happening in every single yeah. university across the country. That's essentially what like, they are. They said there was a huge party for NXT talent, and one of the coaches was there, and he's got it. Mm-hmm. And it just spread from there. Um, come on, guys. Be better than that. Um, and then, of course, how both sides handled it are night and day. I watched last week's Dynamite this morning because I've been so backed up. And it was refreshing that they just straight out and said, like, hey, you know, he came in contact with someone who has COVID. And he's negative, but to be safe, he's going to do the 14-day quarantine. And we've changed things around to react accordingly. <laughs> and when it came to other guys, it's like, yeah, it looks like they may have caught it on an indie show. They're, you know, they didn't make the trip. They're staying away. Yeah, you know, he, doing what we he can. does have it. Oh, does he? Yeah, he said, I found out later. Uh, he said when he got home, I found out later a friend who had taken a family, taken my family member to the vet for our dash hound was COVID positive. So. They got a ride. Someone who lives in his house got a ride mm, to yeah. the vet by someone who had it. simple. And then he said, I feel, or he said, while at home now, I've also gotten sick and tested positive. I yeah. feel okay. Expect to see me in two weeks. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, you've uh, come in that close to contact with somebody. It's that so contagious. in WWE, they just stuck their head in the sand, pretended it didn't happen, and came up with some lies about why people are on TV and uh, continue to look completely... They continue to look completely irresponsible. Um, Which, for each one of you guys, what do you prefer? Straight up or hot? Oh, I want straight straight up, yeah. There's no reason to be transparent with a global pandemic, especially when you profess to be the leader in your field. Yeah. It looks it's a bad look to me. And we're also and it also is like insulting your intelligence. Yeah. Like we obviously know they're not on the show because of COVID. I much prefer 
that they're just tell you what's up. Yeah. Here's what's going on. Here's why you're not here. And here's why we it made kind of, choice. Just, yeah. And you just, don't have to elaborate on it. Like, yep, he got, and everything doesn't have to be storyline. He got COVID, mm-hmm. and we just move on with life. Nothing. Re- kayfabe's not really a thing anymore. I, <laughs> I mean, I will say I did like uh, our uh, no sell here's uh, favorite T bar. As he uh, tweeted out about how if people are po- saying awesome and good that they got COVID, you uh, should check your moral- morals at the door. Yeah, you may want to reassess your morals if you're yeah. glad people got COVID. Well, I mean, if, if those people denied it first, then I'm glad they got it. <laughs> yeah, but yeah I mean, if they're like the It depends deniers. on the situation, T-Bar. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but I would be remiss. Thank you for bringing that up if I didn't give T-Bar's favorite tweet of the week after Eric Bischoff uh, said the <laughs> retribution angle was that it sucks and it's completely terrible. And T-Bar's like, you know, you get a free pass on that one, Eric, because we respect you. Uh, it's not everyone who who can take a billion-dollar company and burn it to the ground, and we hope to follow in your footsteps. <laughs> <laughs> See, social media retribution. Oh, yeah, that's T-Bar's right. great that's on social right. media. That's why I said in our, we have a group chat, and I said, I am a fan of retribution on Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> But not on television. <laughs> on pra- in practice, it's a different story. But on Twitter, he's fucking fantastic. Yeah. Is this gonna be like a, a Dean Malenko situation off camera? It's fucking phenomenal on camera. <laughs> yeah, it could be. <laughs> could be a go. Okay. But yeah, uh, on the upcoming well, on the pay per view that we're discussing a little bit, we had a couple matches taken off the card because of uh, something came up and they uh, uh, didn't clear their physical. Yeah. Although both members of a team that were pulled for that reason quickly went to Twitter and said, well, that's bullshit. One, uh, so apparently they need to talk to their talent don't before worry, they say uh, these things. Uh, my favorite one about that is uh, Naya saying that Baszler is expecting. <laughs> and then she's like, you're right, I am expecting yeah. to die because of these Vikings. Apparently. Not, they're not doing well. So, <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> uh, Jesus. Another thing in the world that we just found out today, that the uh, new Japan president resigned. Oh, if only it could have been another one. So I, I had no idea. Uh, Corey, what the fuck happened? <laughs> Harold Mage uh, has been the new Japan president for uh, two, maybe three years. He was brought in to help spearhead the uh, expansion into North America and other places. Ooh. Which, you say, ooh, but it hasn't really it hasn't been the failure everybody thinks it is. Mm-hmm. Um, they successfully set up an L.A. dojo that's produced some very promising talent. They have a weekly American show on uh, online now um, that they film here. Um, they did one really bad tour, but I can't hold that against them as uh, we, as a country, changed the passport something or other, like yeah. the week before. Yeah. And they had been trying to get passports for all the Japanese stars for like three months. And the, we kind of dicked everybody around. So it became clear, okay, so yeah, we have to do this tour now without any of the New Japan stars we were promising uh, through no fault of their own. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it was a failure. It ended up being with a bunch of no-name indie guys they had to scrap at the, at, get together at the last moment. Uh, so that was a failure, but not necessarily on their part. They did have a Madison Square Garden pay-per-view announced for this year before COVID. It's been tentatively rescheduled for next August. So it's slow and steady work. It hasn't been maybe as quickly successful as they hoped, but it hasn't been a failure. I'm not sure the reasons of his resignation, or even if it was a quote-unquote resignation, 
Um, the the guy who's been in charge of the American expansion is taking over as president. So I guess we'll see. Maybe this is just the, nat- the natural next step. Maybe. Uh, if, that's, if, if that's their long-term goal, that would make sense. That guy would spearhead the whole thing. Yeah. And as soon as I read that he's the one taking over, I was like, oh, okay. So maybe this, There's is, hope. Uh, this, is, this was just planned, you know. So yeah, that's going on, and hopefully it works because I like. Plus, they're doing things um, slow and steady mm-hmm. in terms of the expansion instead of just speeding it the fuck out like everybody over here seems to want them to do. But that's a smart business, you know. Crawl before you walk, mm-hmm. walk before you run. That's how they do business. So we'll see how it goes. Okay. Well, let's do some business and let's review Clash of Champions. But first. Let's talk about that promo from SmackDown. I don't know if I'm ready for all this. <laughs> all right, Corey. Be still my beating heart. Yeah. So the final segment of SmackDown is a promo with Jey Uso and Roman. Mm-hmm. Two Usos. By God, I saw it and I sent you all a text saying, whenever you guys get a chance, watch this promo. Did you? Yes. Yes, you showed it to me. Yep. You watched it here, sir. Good. Uh, what did you guys think of this promo? It was top flight work. Uh, this is what I want to show everybody when they say WWE can't do storytelling anymore. Mm-hmm. That's not true. They don't want to do storytelling anymore. It takes too much effort. This, however, was fucking top notch and shows that they could. If they would put their noses to the grindstone and actually try, this was next level stuff. And it got you amped. For a match that originally I was like, why the fuck is that happening? Even with the whole familial ties, I was like, it's Jey Uso. You're going to talk me into Jey Uso being the number one contender? But over four weeks, they fucking did it, and this sealed it. I could not wait for that match on Sunday. Um, so before I go on, oh, damn, I had a question. I was going to ask him, and I lost it. All right, anyways. Nine inches. Uh, yeah. There it is. Damn it. Turned it around. Stoma again. <laughs> So I agree with everything Corey said. Uh, my only problem with it was a nitpicky thing. I thought this would have worked a lot better, just them two in a room by themselves with no pumped-in crowd noise, just kind of staring at each other. The crowd noise is a turnoff in the yeah. Thunderdome era. Um, if they just honestly, if they just knew how to do it, but they like they pick like parts where they think people would boo or cheer, and it doesn't. It, it obviously feels fake Be- because so they, the moral <laughs> compass in that company is so out of whack. Um. So that's that's the question to us. Um, how much of it do you think was scripted? Because it came across as very like points they needed to hit, but it wasn't scripted the way it, uh, it's usually scripted in WWE. That's a good question. Um, I would want to say all of it, but I do think that now, especially with Heyman involved, mm-hmm. that Roman probably has some room to maneuver. Jey Uso, I'm not so sure about. They may want to keep him straight to a... Mm-hmm. But I think Roman and Paul certainly have uh, freedom to kind of maneuver around the talking points they have. Is I, do you think that at this point Roman has gotten to the point where it's kind of like a scene where like, we have some, but you can kind of do what you feel out there. And then they essentially just told Jey Uso, play off of what he says. I think that... I mean, I would hope so by this point. Mm-hmm. Jesus. I mean, they've had him as the anointed one for seven years. Mm-hmm. I would hope they would have that faith in him. Especially now, fuck, he's killing... This motherfucker is a born heel. And who knew it? 
uh, everybody in this room for about five years. <laughs> but not to this level. Uh, yeah. This is a whole new level. Well, you guys took my big point. Which was? And that Vince, or that Roman, has Vince wrapped around his finger, in my opinion. Because that man was adamant that he was not going to come back. Yep. He looked like he was so happy just I'm sure he living was. his life. He probably was, <laughs> yeah. But I can hear the call. I can hear the ratings going down. I can hear Vince needing something. And Roman's saying, I'm not coming back unless I can do whatever the fuck I want and be whoever the fuck I want and have whoever I want and basically do whatever I want. And Vince probably just was like, you know what? Fuck it. And he let him do whatever he wants. And it's awesome. Oh, yeah. I think uh, I, I want to say... Uh, Vince probably saw that Roman was getting five hundred dollars per cameo, and it was just like, yeah, nah, nah, I should bring him I back. I bring him back. Time to go back to work, kid. Um, but I love the promo, and like you said, I think I don't think I think there was scripted, but not to the point line by line. It was more you need to talk about this, but you can say it However how you, you feel like you should say it, because and especially since they're family. I feel like being knowing each other per, on a personal level, not in wrestling, just knowing each other like who you are as a human, I think that's easier to play off of somebody, so it shouldn't have been scripted anyway. Especially, and when Jay's speaking, I feel like they were, you know, obviously he had to get cleared what he was going to say, but he said it was so convincing that it was real. Like, that came from actually how he feels. And uh, at this point, like, Roman being essentially the spokesperson for the company knows the line he can approach on TV and not exactly. cross it. So Exactly. Like I saw that promo and I was just like like Corey, we knew since week one what the finishes this ma- of this match was going to be. But they had to sell us on it and they did. But with this promo, it was just fantastic that Roman's the tribal chief. He is him as champion is feeding his entire family. His fa- Roman's family, the entire... The entire Ainoa, whatever yeah. you say. Yeah, Anawai. Anawai. Yep. The entire Anawai family. Not just Romans. They're feeding Jay's, Jay's brother. All of them. Rikishi. Re- feeding Rikishi. <laughs> that's a lot. That's a lot. Uh, <laughs> you know, Ro- Roman as champ, Roman as the face. I love it. I love it. And then, like, you know, Roman leaves the ring, and then Jay's like, what if? So subtly, what, though. What, what if? if? What if I do it? Why can't it? Why, why can't it be me? See, they see they see Roman as the big dog, Mister WrestleMania main eventer. What do they see, Jey Uso? Which one are you? Which one are you? That line got me. That's yeah. why I was like, "Fuck, this is good." Uh, the last one I could remember, maybe a Triple H Brian promo to end a, to end a show. God damn, that was six. Building years to a pay per view. Is there something that's over since, six years ago? There's something since then that would have that would have been that good. That got me. That, that got, got you hyped. You, that this hype? No, no. It's got to be because even the punk stuff was before that. It's so got to be Brian taking over Raw. But the, the yes segment. Yeah, got, that's got to be the last time. And I think before. the I'm trying to think. That's fourteen. The, that's the 14. ultimate selling point was uh, Jay celebrating like I'm gonna whoop your ass, and then he turns around and Superman out of, Superman, nowhere, out of nowhere. They framed it. Perfect. And then Roman picking up a unconscious Jay's head and is like, I don't feed my family. I feed your family. You're not taking this from me. You, this Sunday, you're going to take your payday. You're going to get the ass whooping. And you're going to move along. I have to be here. 
That's the line that got me. Mm-hmm. You can't take this from me. I have to be here. Yeah. Yeah. Our family will, will crumble if I'm not here. I love the head of the table. Yeah. Because oh, you can just see them with all the Samoan lineage down this long-ass table, but you just see Roman with... The, oh! Sorry. You know what that's leading towards? Roman Rock. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm okay with it. If, oh, yeah. If, if Roman yeah. is like this, if, read, if Rock's willing to do business. I read a storyline where you get the Usos heel with Roman. Yep. And then they just beat everybody up. Because they know up. their place. Yes. And they just beat everybody up. And then they just, they're all heels and they're just ruining everything. And then the Rock comes in and is like, no, I'm here with you, Roman. That would and then be they, awesome. I fear that they're going to replace Rock with Bray. Yeah, and I'm gonna vomit. Kooky, uh, mind games. No, so I'm gonna vomit. Please no, stop. no, let's not. I went from I, 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 Viagra to. Impotent. I say I say Instant. Roman and Bray at Hell in Cell or something, and call it good, and just one off and let Roman. Yeah, they're do. not putting Bray back in the cell. Probably yeah, not. well, no, the main <laughs> event for Hell in a Cell is going to be Bailey and Sasha. Sasha yeah, yeah, in the cell, which they announced which makes all the sense. Which yeah. they announced a month from now. Yeah, it's well, Hell in a Cell pay per view storyline. Yeah, seven years build. It's time to. Time to do this, guys. That up. Sasha still doesn't go over. <laughs> That's my hope. That is, I'm not lying. That is my hope. So let's get into the pay-per-view. Again, it's the pre-show match of Cesaro and Nakamura de- defending their SmackDown Tag Team Champions against Lucha House Party. Shinsuke and Cesaro win in 10 minutes and 45 seconds. Um, I felt kind of bad for this. This wasn't supposed to be on the kickoff. Yeah. The kickoff was supposed to be the Raw Women's title, but with the... Two match cancellations. They yep. had to pull some switcheroonies. I gave this two and a half. My thoughts were a decent enough tag team opener. The champs are getting better. It's weird that you would say that, but they weren't a team for long before they got the belts. Mm-hmm. They're building that uh, cohesiveness. Uh, and Knock actually put in effort, so there's that. Uh, this is the one match I didn't see. Um, it, is Cesaro just... Like, the greatest tag team specialist ever at this point? In the last 20 years, Like, yes. holy... Like, I know, like... I, so I didn't see a lot of him... But I saw none of him in the indie scene. And I saw... I mean, I've seen him wrestle in the, you know, singly in WWE, but... He can mix with any partner they put him with. It is he, crazy. He's an all-time great tag team guy. Even on the indies. Him and Chris Hero had an iconic tag team, the Kings of Wrestling. And then, yeah, this is his seventh tag team reign in WWE with... Four different partners, it's, I believe. And those four are so different. Yeah, Tyson Kidd. Kidd. Um, Nakamura. Nakamura, Shizaro. Seamus. Seamus. Shizaro. Shizaro. He's that That's good. That's where I should have fucked the bar. <laughs> He's that should have been Shizaro. <laughs> Shazam. Shazam. Seamus, <laughs> so, uh, Nakamura. And don't forget the, the team that didn't win titles, but him and Swagger were a good team. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, yeah. Who was the fourth then? I think it's his three. I think I missed, I oh. think I messed up. That's crazy, man. Yeah. No, they, he's an all-time great. He's also a great singles guy, but mm-hmm. he's, he's really a great. To me, he is in the top three tag team workers of all time with Arn Anderson Arn. and Bobby Eaton. Okay. And wow. that's high, high <laughs> that's praise high praise. Me, yeah. <laughs> that's high praise. Yeah, it's Kid, Sheamus, and uh, Shinsuke. Damn. With multiple different ranges. And Shinsuke's trying. so yeah. we, nice. That could be down to Cesaro. Star could be motivating him. Damn. So fuck even greater. <laughs> yeah. Fuck, Devin, did you see this? Uh, I did not. I didn't watch the pre-show. However, I did some extra credit, and I did some star ratings, too. Ooh. To go up against Corey. All right. To see how close so, we are. So I, I'm also... I'll just, I'll just take off. 
<laughs> I'm also part of the uh, did not watch match because I uh, believe we were. Uh, we were doing something. Uh, little, little, little. You were taking L's, Joe. Well, what see, that's the I beauty think... of the network, gentlemen, is I went back and watched the match after the show. We, we were filming. We were, fi- we were filming. I forgot. So let's go to the first match of the paper. What'd you give it? You said you gave it a star rating. Oh, he didn't yeah, watch this match. I didn't watch it. So this is the only oh, one. Yeah, I didn't okay. give it a star rating. Two. <laughs> so let's go to the first match. Two and a half. Two and a half. Got it. Right yeah. in the middle. Right where right. you are. Yeah, yeah. Right. yeah. Right. One for one, Corey. A triple threat ladder match for the WWE Intercontinental Championship. Sami Zayn and Jeff Hardy both are champions coming in. Kind of. And <laughs> here, here, here's the, I'll say this before. SmackDown, they did a triple threat match without the ladders between all three. Sami Zayn won that match. Yep. So that's the red herring of, well, he won the go-home show. He ain't going to win the uh, pay-per-view match. Well, Sami Zayn does defeat Jeff Hardy and AJ Styles for the Intercontinental Championship. In 26 minutes and 35 seconds. Um, yeah, that was a little red herring there on, on Friday night. Mm-hmm. Um, I knew AJ Styles wouldn't win for reasons we'll talk about later. Mm-hmm. So I knew it had to be either Zayn or Hardy. Um, oh, this was fucking fantastic. <sighs> I am getting a little tired of ladder matches they have. They've had like eight this year alone already. And uh, so I was like, man, do we really need another one? But yes, yes, we do. <laughs> uh, these guys were fantastic. There was incredible spots by all three. Sami Zayn looked like so beat up by the time this match mm. was over. Poor guy. And this has, God, it's such an inventive finish. Yep. Um, it, so it's, it's nice every once in a while to see the smarming, like, fucking prick actually outsmart his opponents and win. Mm-hmm. And yeah, Sami Zayn did it here. I mean, he handcuffed Jeff's earlobe to a fucking ladder and then handcuffed <laughs> AJ to the middle of part of the ladder so he couldn't climb any higher. This was high-end shit. And on top of the death-defying spots all of them took, um, I gave it four and a half. Mm-hmm. This was incredible. I put, wow, incredible match. Amazing effort from all three. Truly inventive finish. This is a match of the year contender for me. Um... Not a whole lot to add to what Corey said. Um, so the producer asked a question, Corey. You might know. Does Jeff come up with the ear spots, or is it like a creative thing with the agents? Who who kind of? I don't. Uh, my guess is Jeff comes up with them. So I know that's they, something. I feel like Vince would be like. Ugh. I know they wouldn't book him unless they talk to him about it. Okay. So I mean, he's cool with them, and I would assume knowing Jeff Hardy, he comes up with them. Uh, that's a pretty cool spot. Mm-hmm. That uh, <laughs> one of these days is gonna rip or something. Yeah. <laughs> it's uh, at first I was like, it's kind of lame. But the more I thought about it, I was like, no, it's super. Like, it's weird, but it's such what's a great he gonna way. do? He's stuck now. Yeah, it, but it's super. Uh, fucked up. Yeah. Although if I had to grab, if I had to pick one guy who probably would willingly rip his ear to get, it'd be Jeff Hardy. It'd be Jeff Hardy. So, um, so first the uh, the first shit Jeff Hardy took was when he took the spot in between the open ladder oh, off the turbo. That, that sucked. Then he took the one that fell. He fell face first, holding the ladder, like like uh, Sean, yeah. onto the turnbuckle, and then bounced. The ladder fell, bounced, to hit him again. Like he took a horrific bump, and then he actually hit a swan song, threw a ladder on somebody. I just want to remind everybody <laughs> that both Jeff Hardy and AJ Styles are forty three years old. Forty three years old. So this is nuts. Uh, this was uh, we were trying to record. We were just like Jesus Christ. This match in the background was nuts. And I couldn't help, but I, I, at one point during the match, when they're on the outside, 
Sami Zayn and AJ specifically by the announce table, you can just see on AJ's face, I'm getting too old for this shit. Yeah. <laughs> like... He's like, those Friday night football games are coming a lot brighter. It's like, uh, when do I get that, like, Cena Roman schedule? Right, because, like, like, fuck. Jesus. I don't see either one of them working ladder matches anymore. Not like uh, this. Yeah, like, (laughs) it's my turn now. Um, But fantastic match, dude. What'd you give it? Well, I thought it was great as well. Um, My favorite spot of the match, though, was... I love the ending, but when... um, he has the handcuff on him, or on, I think it's on AJ, and then AJ, like, beats the shit out of him, throws him over, and he's, like, f- just goes to the turn, like, finally, and then he's just, like, and he's stuck to, to Sammy, Sammy, and Sammy's just slapping, he's just like, ah, ha, ha, like, I got you, I loved it, and then, but I was, and then he just beat the shit out of him, I'm like, well, and then to carry, the, and I'm like, now you have to carry this 225-pound <laughs> man up this ladder. Dude, when Sammy Zane pulled... The key, out of, the key out of his mouth, and like, he's just like, and he's and he's just giggling the whole yeah. time because he knows, and AJ has no idea. Yeah. And then he, oh, it was so great. Um, I didn't go just as high as you. I went four flat, but um, I thought it was really good. My favorite ladder match that I can remember in the recent easily. couple of years. Yeah, easily. Mm-hmm. It was enjoyable. Uh, I liked the death-defying move, whatever Jeff was trying to do with being scissored by the uh, I, I think it was almost like a botch, like they were trying to do something, and then he just like went to pick it up, and it started to fall, he's like, just let me go. I'm just like, <laughs> yeah. But he, he, he protected himself pretty well. Uh, Sammy going dead weight when he, handcu- when he was handcuffed to AJ. That was fun. So great. I was surprised, It's uh, uh, like what Booble's saying, that um, Hardy hit a swanton, and it's like, if you ever watch any of his historic swantons, <laughs> he misses in some way, like he overjumps the Dudleys, uh, the one with Edge, one ladder breaks out of the two. The um, one with the bar, one ladder broke out of the two at WrestleMania. It's just like he just never gotten the perfect ladder. Never got spot. the perfect swan. And like it, this one, he's just like, I'm just going to flip. Yep. Uh, I, I was enjoying it. hard on the stomach. I would say this. One thing, like, it's not the match. One thing that I it bugged me after the match was they went to commentary and Michael Cole was like, this could go down as one of the greatest ladder matches of all time. And I'm like, that just bugged, that just yeah. bugged me. Yeah. Like, you don't say that. Sure. That's for the fan to decide. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, we're too stupid. Yeah, yeah. that's right. true. So we all enjoyed the first match. Let's see if, anybody, if we enjoyed the second match of the pay-per-view. For the Raw Women's Championship, Asuka defeated Zelina Vega. In seven minutes and five seconds. I marked out for the match. I enjoyed this match. Corey, what do you say? Um, I gave it a flat three. I said a good little match. Uh, Selena Vega has greatly improved from her time in TNA. And Asuka continues to dominate. Um, I don't know what their plans are with the draft moving forward, but they need to get some viable competition for Asuka on Raw. She's steamrolling all the people there now. Uh, so I never watched uh, Zelina Vega in TNA, so I didn't know. Com- I tried to compare what she was to what she is. Uh, I thought she was fine as a wrestler. I mean, nothing special, but it was fine. I've never been the biggest Oscar person. I just I don't. It's kind of like the Finn Balor thing with me. I just kind of don't get it. I don't see what's super special about her or Finn Balor. But whatever, everybody has their own thing. Um, the match was okay to me. I probably didn't like it as much as Corey. Um. I mean, there was no shot. Selena Vega was winning, so I just you know the Oscar train keeps moving on. Choo choo. <laughs> um, I thought the match was pretty good. 
Um, Vegas Hot. Let's put that out there. Mm-hmm. Um, Lucky Alistair. Um, I didn't. I, I'm not a big Oscar promo fan, especially when she goes ape shit in Japanese. Um, so the ending kind of killed it. But I went three flat as well, Corey. Corey, before we move on, did this match exceed your expectations? Oh, Hit yeah. it or just oh exceeded it? Because remember, you were, you were questioning me marking out last week. Because I'm the only one here who had watched plenty of Zelina Vega. Mm-hmm. Granted, it was years ago. So going off that and knowing the fact that she hadn't really wrestled a bunch since then, I was like, wow, she's no match for Asuka. So this is going to be interesting. She exceeded what I expected. She's obviously, she's been training because she improved uh, quite a bit. And yeah, it was all right. Let's move on to our next match for the WWE United States Championship for the 100th time since WrestleMania. Bobby Lashley (laughs) defeating Apollo (laughs) Crews in 8 minutes and 15 seconds. I think it was only 97 times. What'd you think, Joe? (laughs) Yep. There it is. Here's what I put. Two and three quarter stars. Match was fine, but I'm tired of seeing it. Right guy won. Now let's see some fresh matchups. That's pretty much all I can think about it. Uh, yeah, that's not happening. Uh, <laughs> this was the quintessential background match. I'm like, yeah, yep, yeah, they're they can do some awesome moves. They're both freakishly athletic, uh, but there's nothing to write home about this match. We, it'll be if they have a match in two weeks on SmackDown or whatever, it'll be the same match. That there'll be nothing different about it. Yeah, um, I've seen this. I can't tell you how many times we've seen this. Um, it was okay, I guess, go hurt business, maybe? Uh, I like the hurt business. Yeah, yeah I like uh, the hurt business, but poor Apollo, man. How many yeah. times has he lost? A hundred times. A uh, hundred times out of a hundred? Uh, I went two and a half. I didn't hear what you gave it, Corey, but I went two and a half. Two, two and three quarters. quarters. Oh, okay. so, yeah. um, I'll just say this. They um, had a six-man tag on Raw God damn of the hurt business. Yes, they did. Hurt business versus Apollo... Uh, and Ollie and Ollie Ricochet. And, Ricochet. and her, her business lost. They did. I read that. Fuck. Yep. <laughs> I just... <laughs> <laughs> as soon as... I will, I mean, we'll just jump to this real quick. As soon as they did, I was like, my God. They're, so literally the promo in the back was, this ain't over yet. And we're like, fucking please let it be over. <laughs> God damn. I will do anything. Yeah, that was the entire promo. It's not over yet. <laughs> in one way, I can kind of see it because... They're going to be in, uh, what do you call it? Uh, they're going to be in holdover form until the draft in two weeks. Yeah. Until they make a decision of who's going where. Yeah. So they're not going to start many new things. Fair. But God damn it. What if, like, T-Bar and Mace go to SmackDown and me? We're, we're talking about that later. <laughs> Let's Shut move up. on to our next match for the Raw Tag Team Championships as the Street Profits defeat Andrade and Angel Garza. In another eight minutes and fifteen second match. Well, this one, what do you think? So for me, once again, this is one of those matches that's been going on since WrestleMania, and the I thought it was okay, but it was one of those things of like ah, I've seen it a hundred times, don't really need to see it until Angel Garza got legitimately hurt in this match. And then that perked my ears to see how can these guys play it off how can they go from it because terribly is it worked out yes because <laughs> we know professional you know like the 
old timers, Jericho, Orton, if something happens in the ring, they can they can fix it. They can they're go, okay, work around, work around it. However, you can see in this match, they couldn't. Well, it wasn't the wrestlers. It was the ref. Mm-hmm. And I'll explain when I get there. But I gave it three stars up until that ending. I was, I'm tired of seeing it, kind of like the other matches. But I thought these two teams were going at a really good fucking clip. They were showing. I love the storyline of, I didn't think I would, but I'm loving the storyline of Andrade and Angel getting along better without Zelina. It was like, oh, it was her the whole time, you know, which doesn't make sense, but I liked it anyway. <laughs> Something new? Yeah, until that ending, uh, which was all kind of fucked up. Um, it looks like it was a hip thing with Garza, which sucks, because he's the guy with breakout potential. Um, what happened, so I found out the Prophets were always supposed to win. Okay. That was the ending. Uh, but what happened is they, they went down, and as soon as he got injured, the ref in his earpiece was told to go home. He just didn't bother to relay that to the wrestlers. So when that pinfall went down, he just counted three regardless. Well, and that's why there was such confusion. They didn't know it was supposed to be the end yet. They were going to keep going until what was supposed to be the ending. Um, so maybe the ref could have you know, said something to him while he was laying there with him. Go that's home. That's why I have the earpiece. Two, three. <laughs> but, you know, whatever. So the Prophets win. They all looked confused as shit. <laughs> and here we go. Um, like I said, it was good until the ending, so I went three. Uh, I mean, it's... It's one of those matches where you can tell, like, so, I mean, they've, we're tired of seeing the matches, but because they've worked so much, they have great chemistry in the ring, so it's never a bad match. It's never your one where, like, if it was just a match, if it was, like, a house show, you'd be like, well, I mean, it's going to be a good match. It's going to be fun to watch. Um, and then that storyline, Corey Loves literally continued the next night on Raw. Yeah, I know, with, right? With just straight up blaming her to her face that it was her fault they were so bad. <laughs> so, <laughs> But then Andre turns on him, too. But you suck because you got hurt. <laughs> uh... The one thing I'd be remiss before we get to you, man, is they had no tag teams. They split up Andrade and Angel the week before mm-hmm. and then realized we need a tag title match at the pay-per-view, and the only tag team on our roster is the champs. Yep. So they had to put them back together solely for the reason to have a match on pay-per-view. They need tag, tag team. teams on Raw. Maybe that's why they're doing the draft. <laughs> yeah, right? I mean, holy shit. Um, I thought it was good up until that part. Um, this is going to be a highlight on Botchamania, so they're going to get some, some pub there. Um, but I went two and three quarter. It was good up until then, but the finish kind of eh, killed it. Botchamania is already getting uh, credit. <laughs> Our uh, good Twitter friend T-Bar has tweeted them uh, saying, uh, you've done more damage. We're following your suit, too, because you've done yeah. more damage to the business, too. Yeah, than everybody else has. Phenomenal. Basically, they're rep- they're, they appreciate whoever's done damage to WWE or any wrestling. So, like we said earlier in the night, with how each company deals with COVID, uh, the women's tag team match of Nia and Shay- uh, Shayna versus uh, Liv and Ruby Wright was postponed because of COVID. And then... The Bailey Nikki Cross match is also postponed because of Nikki Cross not being eligible to come out. So Bailey comes out and says, Hey, I got nobody to face. One, two, three, count it, give me the ten, blah, blah, blah. Then Asuka comes out. And then we have a SmackDown Women's Championship match as Asuka <coughs> defeats Bailey by DQ. Three minutes and forty five seconds. I'll say this before we move on. 
as we said with the Mickey James situation a couple weeks ago, they can play this off with the tag team match again with the Prophets and Andrade that he kicked out at two. Ref didn't see it, blah, blah, blah. They can do another match down the line, but we, we don't want to see that, correct? So, what did you guys think of this women's match for the SmackDown Women's Championship? Well, first, I can say that they said Nikki Cross couldn't pass her physical. That's why she was pulled out. And so, in this one, it kind of worked because it was the challenger. But in the women's tag title match, they made sure to point out it was the champions. Um, Like I said earlier, which made the champions very angry. And immediately went to Twitter to say, that's bullshit. I wonder if they were talked to about that. Um... As soon as I, it was crystal clear she was doing the count to ten and mm-hmm. raised my hand, I was like, it's Asuka. God damn it. You've only got seven other women on SmackDown. I knew it wasn't going to be a clean finish. It was crystal clear Sasha Banks was going to interfere, as she did, to beat up Bailey. So I was like, not that I want to see her, but why couldn't you just wheel Lacey Evans out here for two minutes? Yeah. You, why do you got to bring the Raw Women's Champion out here? It doesn't make sense. Yeah, they fought last month, but that was a unique storyline that was played out. You literally could have grabbed any woman on the SmackDown roster, gave her two minutes, and have Sasha come in anyway. So I didn't like that part. Having said that, I liked enough of what they did in the three and a half minutes. I mean, I went two and a quarter. It wasn't spectacular. But they're two good wrestlers, so it was good what was there until... But then again, I was still just waiting for Sasha. Just like, okay, where is she? Oh, there she is. Not to say that's bad, though. Sometimes, I mean, that's what they should have done. It was crystal clear. Because you know they're gearing towards Hell in a Cell. Um, yeah, like to Corey's point, uh, I mean, if Nikki crosses out, fine. Um, say for a couple of moves, you can have the exact same match with Lace that you were going to have anyways. It didn't matter. The opponent was irrelevant to the, to the ending of the match. Um, and then, like... Uh, a champ versus champ match should mean something. It shouldn't just be like, well, I'm still in the building. I might as well run. That there was, you should build to that. You shouldn't just have a... It it's felt very much like a WCW Nitro thing. Like, ah, just throw two champs in the ring and see what happens. Like, yep. Um, Plus, doesn't it discredit the rest of your women's division on yes, SmackDown? Yes, it does. If, like, well, there's clearly nobody on this show who warrants a title shot, bring back Asuka. Watch SmackDown on Friday nights. Right. <laughs> Uh, yeah, pretty much. Uh, I was kind of surprised because I didn't expect Asuka. I always thought they would throw somebody else, like Lacey Evans or some random out there. But I guess Asuka can wrestle tw- two times in a row. Didn't she do that on the last pay-per-view? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I went two and three quarters. It was fine for what it was. Uh, I believe everybody in the room watching this was like, oh, here comes Lacey Evans. Here comes, nope, Asuka. I knew it was Asuka. As I, soon as she darted doing the 10 count, I was like, it's Asuka. And then after that match, because Sasha attacks Bailey once again, I don't like that. Because of the fact that Sasha is tending to an injury that could have ended her career, but she's wearing a soft cast now, and she's fine being able to hit uh, this, Bailey with chairs and a kendo stick. And This company has to fast track everything. Who you could have done you could have done this you you know what you could have done uh you could have done the spot in two weeks when they're still we're two weeks away from the pay-per-view and have uh 
Sasha faking the neck injury. You know what I mean? Like she can rip the mask off, or like, oh, I'm I. She, you could have Bailey attacking her, and then having Sasha hiding in the turnbuckle. Like, no, 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 cheap shot her, and then boom, she takes the the uh, soft brace off, and oh, look at that, she's hundred percent for the pay per view in two weeks. Could work. The only problem I have with that though is Sasha's the face, and that's a heel move. Yeah. So People work. would like it, though. That's true. <laughs> um, or, hear me out here, or instead of booking to a firm date because you named a goddamn pay-per-view once a year after a gimmick match, whether or not you need it or not, mm-hmm. you could just have no mercy in October and milk this out until fucking December and then have a Hell in a Cell match at fucking whatever the pay-per-view is that month. TLC. Or, you know, just whatever. <laughs> like, Whatever. It doesn't have to be TLC. That's what I get. I hate these yeah, themed pay-per-views. Yeah, they have to be every month. It's going to be the same So this storyline, they've taken their time and did it right, but now they got to the point where, cool, we've let it flow, but now we have to do uh, 12 weeks of storytelling and five to fit it into the Hell in a Cell schedule. Yeah. Well, let's do it the other way around. Mm-hmm. So let's move on from that to a ambulance match for the WWE Championship as Drew McIntyre defeats Randy Orton in 21 minutes and 35 seconds, and uh, Drew had a little help. From my friends. From some uh, friends in low places. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I uh, ate some crow with this one because I went three and a half and wrote, hey, a good ambulance match. <laughs> Who'd have thunk it? <laughs> really like that Orton's past victims came back to give receipts. Mm-hmm. And McIntyre's reign continues to impress. Uh, I uh, foolishly used common sense to think, well, this is the end of the feud. That's a decisive victory for the champ. On to something next. Fuck no. To hell himself. God damn it. But good match. Uh, I think we were all presently surprised in the room here. We were like, because uh, the match even up to, up to the interference was good. And then with the with the subsequent spots, it was it became a, a kind of a fun like who's going to be next, like what's going to be the spot, who's going to come out. Um, it made absolute perfect sense in the storyline. Um, like Corey, I mean, we thought that pretty much ends it. Usually, when you go in and ambulance, that signifies you're hurt. Uh, you know, so the continuation is uh, a little lackluster, but. What else are you going to do? <laughs> you haven't built up anybody else besides Randy Orton. So. It's true. Devin, what did you give it? I give it three and three quarters. Uh, I thought it was really good. Um, I like the receipts. Uh, one spot I did not like was the spot of Drew holding on to the top of the ambulance like he was on a yeah. death-defying cliff. Like when two, we knew he's like six, it's six. That man he, had to, he had to pick his legs up to not be touching the floor. <laughs> yeah. He was tiptoeing the ground. He literally had to hold. Like, he had to be doing a chin up in order to not be touching the ground. And then yeah. he fell like he was like, and no, no. But I did also like after Shawn Michaels. Um, I don't know if you caught it super after kick. super kick though. He like they panned real quick to like cut, but he, you could see the top of the ladder that he got yeah. up there with, and I was yeah. like. Uh, that's funny, but um, I like that. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? But um, and and McIntyre just a wee bit outside on the punt. Just a wee bit just outside. Just a bit outside. Well, in all fairness, that's a move that I'd rather. That, be yeah, I'd rather him be outside too. But there was a good camera work. Good <laughs> yeah. camera work. Nah, he can take it. Kick him. But um, I liked it. I thought it was good. Um, 
I don't know if they stole the uh, the good. I don't know if they watched the parking lot brawl and thought the McIntyre looks good with a bloody back too. And you know, Trent, you fuck you, Trent. But uh, I will. Three and three quarters. I thought it was the best ambulance match I've seen. Uh, easily, easily. <laughs> I mean, Kane we, and Shane. It wasn't that bad, but it, this was better. Kane and Cena was one of the worst. <laughs> I, I I enjoyed this match. I enjoyed this match. I was uh, joking along with Booble that uh, Retribution was going to be in the ambulance because, like, they had the tinted windows. I'm like, here comes Retribution. like, 11 times. It's like, <laughs> Retribution. <laughs> nope. Nope. Retribution. <laughs> nope. Fuck. Come on. T-Bar, where are you at? Um, I did I, I did like Ric Flair driving the ambulance off the yeah. end, yeah. promising that he wouldn't speed. And he only went, like, he's like, I bet, I was just waiting for him to just to stop. Crash. And he gets, like, get out before the camera cut. Like, all right, is this good? No, um, keep going. All right. <laughs> I thought we. Uh, I thought there was the. the I was expecting like the Ryback spot of like Drew suplexing Randy through the roof. But I. Yeah, yeah, but it's so dirty. So I'm like, I'm, I assume I'm like they're gonna do that spot. You made me think of something else when you said Ryback. I'll bring it up after. Okay. This. <laughs> uh, we have a. Uh, I I didn't really enjoy the uh, callbacks to the victims. You know, like. I like the camera shot of, like, Randy going to, I think, go do the punt. And then, like, a giant hand grabs him from underneath the rope. And, like, who the hell is that? And then, surprise, well, it's the big show. And then they fight to the back. Christian attacks him then. And then I was wondering, like, my like my whole joke with the retribution was, like, when Randy's on top of the uh, ambulance, kind of, like, mocking that McIntyre just fell, I'm like, here comes retribution. Here comes retribution. And he turns around in a super kick. I'm like... Never mind, it's Sean. It just, we just need to get the ladder set up and Sean in position, so that's why we're just staring at Orton. It was an, it was an a enjoyable Tyler match. Orton. I really enjoy McIntyre as the fighting champion. I just really enjoy him as champion. Yeah. I mean, he's he's got a, a, a real Rick Raw deal. Yeah. yeah. But I think he's done the absolute best with it you could do. Mm-hmm. I think these two men in the ring have done the best they can do in this pandemic. One with the belt and one not having the belt. Well, they have good chemistry. Yeah, they do. Yeah. yeah, no, it's been that's been pleasant. Like I'm not against the idea of another match. It's just that this was booked to end like a definitive end to a feud. So tacking on another match for no reason just cheapens it to me. So let's move on. Let's uh, see. Let's see if these two guys have uh, chemistry. As it's Roman Reigns <sighs> defeating Jay Uso by a uh, stoppage. Stoppage by Jimmy. Match went 22 minutes and 55 seconds, and this match was for the Universal Championship. And I will say this: I am surprised, Corey. I think we all are. Really? How you well? Want to double check that. Oh, did you fix it? Yeah. Okay. Uh, I watched it again. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> we we were, we had this discussion yesterday when we went golfing because yeah. when we when you first did your um, review, we were like, "Wow, that's slow." Because I loved this match. The the wrestling. Was good, but I like incidental. Yeah, I like the storytelling more of what Roman was doing to Jay in the ring. But I loved it. I thought that I really struggled with the rating for this match in real time. Because first of all, I fucking loved it. Mm-hmm. I love the physicality. I love Roman's fucking heel talking shit, respect me now during the middle of the match. I loved him going off on the ref. I loved Jey Uso's comeback spots. He showed great underdog fire. Everything about this was great. But I was like, at the time, I was like, is it too much drama and not enough wrestling? Because there were 
there were stretches where it was just walk, mm-hmm. standing there and talking, which I was fine with. But I was like, where does it really stand? I was afraid I was going to go with everybody and just praise too much heap on, or heap too much praise on it. I went three and three quarters originally. I figured everybody on Grapple would be high. Come to find out, they went three and three quarters. I was right there with them, mm-hmm. which I was like, that's weird. I wasn't set. And then you texted. And I was like, yeah, I know it's a little low. I, I, I'm not. It's the one I wasn't comfortable with. So I said, okay, what I'll do is I'll watch it the next day again, this match. And I watched it again and got just as much, if not even maybe a little more enjoyment out of the whole fucking thing. And I was like, all right, I'm going to go with my original thought, which was four and a half. And that's where I have it now. Four and a half stars. Mm-hmm. It's fantastic. Now, I gave the ladder match four and a half. I will say the ladder match is a match of the year contender in a certified fantastic match. This gets a four and a half for a different reason. It's not a great match match, although it's really good. It's the drama and the suspense and everything that went around it that makes wrestling so fucking fantastic. Um, it's in a different light, but in terms of, I really wish there was a crowd. I really wish there was a live crowd for this. This could have been unique reaction, not the same reaction, but this could have been Hogan Rock-esque in terms of emotion and that crap. They would have booed him out of the building. They would have been cheering for Uso. It reminded me a bit at the end of Bret Hart and Bob Backlund at Survivor Series 94 where Owen goads his mom into throwing in the towel for Bret because I'm sorry for everything I did and I really love him and he's my brother and I can't stand to see him in this way. So as soon as she throws the towel in, he grabs it and celebrates and runs off because Bret's a quitter. <laughs> when Jay came out, I was like, all right, so they're going for the family strings. When Jimmy get it. comes Jay, out. Whatever, John, whatever. Um, his promo. It just makes more sense. Right? <laughs> it's fucking fantastic. And the way it ended, I was like, cool. Because with him throwing in the towel and then admitting himself, you're the, you're the uh, tribal chief, you know, whatever, just leave him alone. I could easily see this as Jay or John, whatever fucking one it is, talks the other one. Jimmy is the one that threw well, in the towel. one of them is actually named John. John, uh, yeah. John, John, yeah. John is Jimmy. Yeah, John it's is Josh Jimmy. Josh is uh, Jay. Yeah. So, like, yeah, why, Jay, didn't, Josh, Jimmy, Jay, why didn't they John, just use Jimmy, their Jimmy. actual names? I don't know, but hey. Uh, according he, to Booble, Josh Matthews. He, <laughs> he could maybe talk his brother into seeing the light. Like, you know, we, you know, we, it's better to be on his side and he feeds us and blah, 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 blah. The way that ended, I, I can see that maybe being a way they go, or they can both fight him for a while and lose. There were so many open-ended ways, and fucking... I agree with someone on Twitter. Someone on Twitter wrote, um, if we'd have gotten this Roman five years ago, he'd already be in Hollywood. We'd already lost him. So maybe we should be happy. (laughs) (laughs) Um, He's fantastic. My God, he's great as this fucking hell. I mean... And the very end where uh, he orders Heyman to go get the leg and put it over him now because he is the tribal chief. I was like, Jesus Christ, this is fucking gold. I loved it. And oh, by the way, shirtless Roman, yes. Just saying. I also agree with, there's this woman on Twitter. 
she made me laugh. I forgot her name, but she made me laugh out loud. She's like, with the draft coming, um, I would like to draft Roman Reigns to my pants. Okay, I hate it. I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> it's this was the worst. This was the worst match I've ever seen. Okay, um, where to start? The beginning. Uh, uh, at the beginning, <laughs> Joe and not. Okay, I agree with Corey to a point. I think that if the crowd had been here, um, it would have added an extra layer to the match that I think it was missing. However, I don't think you could have gotten the intricacies of Roman yelling at Jay the way we did. I think with no crowd noise, you've actually picked up on every bit of it, even to the point where the ref, uh, Lil Nate, tries to stop him. He goes, who the fuck are you? Get the hell away from me. This is this nothing to do with you. I don't care about the match. How much you want to bet they figure out some way to fucking mic him when they have live crowds again? I'm sure they do. and It'll be like Taker in 99. It'll sound terrible. And but So that... So I could see both sides. Uh, I think it would have worked great with an audience. I do. I think I prefer this match without the audience. I think you've got every little detail about it. Um, God damn it. Oh my God. I keep forgetting my points. Damn it to hell. <laughs> I think I'll come back. Later. Come back to you. Devin. The music needs to go. We need new music. Which it will. But when that man exited the curtain with that, did he add more to his yeah. back? He yes. had to add yeah. more to his back. Yeah. Okay. I thought I wasn't tripping because I know he had a vest on, but he, there's no way he had that much tribal. Nope. He's beautiful. God damn. <laughs> okay. Let's just get that out of the way. I went four and three quarters because this is probably the best story told. And I was sitting here trying to think of the last time I felt a story like that. I can't. Do we have to go back to Brian winning at 30? Yes. Yeah, I think, I'm probably. like thinking Brian or like I was thinking punk. Like you can, you can easily like, say, I was just thinking that era because I was like, I can't think of anything. Even nothing. So you can easily say maybe outside WWE, there's probably more. Yeah. The Bucks and Omega and Yeah, Paige. like match-wise, there's better matches. Yeah. But I'm talking like, like, like emotional level. Emotional level. Yeah. Dustin and Cody. Dustin yeah, and Cody. there's the good example. There That's go. a good one. Um, it was just so good. It was... I didn't... Th- at first, I didn't think Roman was going to get... Or um, Jay was going to get that much offense as he did. I was kind of leaning towards it was going to be a squash match almost. kind of was. It was, it was. But, it drew, but they drew it out and they didn't draw it out too, it, a lot of people I heard thought it was too much. I didn't think it was too much. I'd love to know who agented this match. Me too. Because the way they put in Uso's offense at just the right times yeah. and just enough. And Roman sold it, but not didn't sell it too much it to was, make it seem like it was, you know. It was all straight up old school it, shit. It was really good. Uh, kind of like either Sean Rick or... Taker Rick, where we like stay down, mm-hmm. don't get up. Yeah, I don't like because Roman at some point he was a it was a match, but then he would like get a little more anger that he wouldn't yield to him. Yeah, and then he would get a little more physical, and be like you you can stop this at any point. It's, I still love you, we're still family, but yield. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's 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 very much Black Panther is what they did in this match. It was a it was a ceremonial fight where one person needed to yield. Yeah, and he just kept going further and further. Until somebody yielded. Uh, so I, I would say 
I love this match. I love the storytelling. I love the fact of like little Nate's trying to stop this match, and Roman's like, "This is family business." Uh, one of the lines that I heard Roman said, and I loved it, was Jay, uh, Jay does the uh, slap, and Roman goes, "Who in our family does this chop? <laughs> like who chops in our family?" Right. Yeah. He's like he's like t- teaching him like. We don't do this in our family. We dominate. We do this and this. We don't do those moves. We do our moves. I'm not used to this layered storytelling from WWE. Mm-hmm. No like, one. Yeah. This I is, was like, uh, this what, is what Roman's wanted to do the entire time. What he should have been doing. But to to how about Roman hitting the Rough Rider? <laughs> I went for that. We, we were like, what was that? We, we, I was uh, like, is, is Zack Ryder in the building? We forgot the name. We were like, he just do a reverse famous? What was that? We That's forgot why, the rough rider. I was, yeah, like, I was like, instantly, I was like, woo, woo, woo. Yeah. I went straight to famous. I'm like, did you just hit a flying famous? Same. Same. No, I went straight to rough uh, rider. But. I think the other, like, I think, great line from the match, and it's why Paul Heyman being there is perfect for Roman, which I, I wasn't a fan of at first, and it makes sense now. Where Paul says, you are the tribal king. He goes, I don't want to hear it yep. from you. I want him to tell me that. Yeah, he needs and Paul to tell was me like, that. Just sat there and shut up and didn't say anything else. I love the dynamic between the two of them. Mm -hmm. It's in a way similar to Brock and Paul because you can tell Brock don't give a shit about Paul. (laughs) It's just he's there to do the business. It's kind of the same way here, but where Heyman was pulling the strings for Brock, his career, Mm -hmm. here it's he's just doing whatever Roman tells him to do. It's almost like he's subservient. It's almost like he's scared of Roman. Yeah. Or he should be. (laughs) But like, you know what I mean? And he does, it's like, get me this. Go get my title. Do Go this. get me, th- yeah. It's yeah. just like, and then Paul just scampers and does whatever he wants him to do. And I love that because it's so different from what we've seen from Heyman yeah. for 20 years. It's like but he's still, got a, he's still a great mouthpiece. It's like on SmackDown, Paul Heyman starts talking and then Roman just sticks his hand out. Give me the mic. Yeah. And then Paul gives it to him. And with Brock, it's because Brock can't really cut a promo, although he's decent. He just doesn't have the voice for it. Yeah. Paul very much was his mouthpiece. Here... Heyman cuts the promo, but it's not because Roman can't. It's because Roman doesn't want to. Yeah. And then when he figures out, he's like, oh, okay, I got something to say. Give me the fucking mic. I love this dynamic. So It is oh. so cool and different. And what we need, especially in WWE right now. Is cool and different. Cool and different. And dominant champion. Yes. We, we have said for months there hasn't been a dominant champion. It's pretty dominant. Like, I know they have all these plans for some... Stupid Roman Bray Wyatt feud. They need to not do that. Mm -mm. They need to keep Bray Wyatt as far away from Roman Reigns as possible for two reasons. One, everything Bray touches turns to shit storyline-wise. But more importantly, this version of the character for Roman wouldn't even put up with that shit that Bray does. Yeah. It would be like, don't get that fucking shit out of here. I don't got time for that. I'm I'm doing something. You're a freak with the mask on. Yeah. That's where you put it. You're a freak with the mask on. You mean shit to me. Go play with someone else. I've got important crap to do. I say, fuck what Fox wants. Pull an about face and draft Bray to Raw to save Romans, right? Because, god damn. You can feed him Braun. You can feed him other quote-unquote monsters that he could run through to, to continue to establish his dominance over this brand and the company. You don't need... This get, cartoony shit with him. Get very talented mid-carters on SmackDown. Mm-hmm. Mid-carters you can build up to feed the Roman one at a time. Yep. 
That's what you need. This needs to be a Goldberg type situation in WCW. Or a Hogan in the eighties. Each yes, each month a different guy, mm-hmm. and Roman beats him. Mm-hmm. No Anzus or butts. He's better. Until you find the one guy, you can make a star by having him beat Roman. It's not The Rock, although that'll be a big money match. Yep. Don't get me wrong. Perfect WrestleMania match. That's box office. Matt Riddle. I don't know if it's Matt Riddle. Big I don't e. know if it's Big E. I don't know if it's... King I, Corbin got it. I Keith can't Lee. even think. Keith Lee. Yeah. Yes. I mean, any of those off the top of my head are, are good picks. Like, one of those can be the end game. God damn it. I almost called him Brackus. The guy in NXT. Davo- uh, I was like, Davocado? That's hey. T-Bar. Not that guy. Uh, the big guy. What the fuck? I can't Bronson remember. Reed? There it is. I'm drawing Bronson Reed. Reed. I'm like losing his name. I was like, I can't that think of him. I was that. trying to think too. I was like, who is he trying to think yeah, of? Yeah, it could be Bronson Reed. I mean, those are all good choices. If you bring them up, treat them well, mm-hmm. build them up legitimately, and then that's the end result, then you've made another star, plus Roman can beat him again if that's the way you want to go. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter. But get him away from the bullshit. And I'm going to count Braun in the bullshit. because That's fair. Braun just, that shit, I mean, that's an all-time bad title reign. Yeah. Maybe the worst. So overall, guys. I wanted to say one more thing oh. about Roman. Did you oh. see the interview today? That about him and about Punk? Yeah. yeah. No, I didn't. Loved it. Yeah, I saw it. He talk, he's like, I don't, I don't like the guy. I fucking don't like the guy. Never did. And he's actually on record. There's old interviews from like five years ago where he's like, I don't like the guy. I don't fucking, he's a piece of shit. And he's like, would you uh, do business with Punk? And he's like, personally, I don't like the guy. But if business makes sense and, uh, you know, they want to do it, fuck, I'll do business. Mm-hmm. That's how it is. It's not dumb. He, <laughs> he, the, the, he put it because... Fuck, could you imagine that? Because Punk, yeah, uh, it. Punk w- did it for himself. He wasn't mm-hmm. thinking of the business while Roman's thinking of the business. He says first. he was thinking of the boys when he left, but he... Yeah. 80, I'm 80, sure he, 80, 20, probably yeah, himself 80. 80. I'm, I'm, sure tw- I'm sure he was yeah. a little, but he was worried about himself. Because, I mean... And I'm not even saying there's anything wrong with that. That's your career. You should worry about yourself. Brian got the push because Punk left. If Punk doesn't leave, Brian doesn't get that push. But that don't... Be- but it's not... It was, he wasn't... Um, oh, selfless. No. I don't, I don't think he's ever claimed to be, to be fair. Like... No. He's he's never given me that vibe that he's he did it for selfless reasons. No, he's never been like that. Um, but I also don't love the idea of Roman and Punk. I don't no. actually don't like that pairing. I am not for the idea of Punk coming back. Period. Yeah. It's, just, it's it's too late. It's, it's done. Past. Done. I don't want to see it. So what overall enjoyable pay per view? Oh yeah, mm-hmm. my yeah, final verdict so. was for a show I had zero interest in going. In. Um, I actually enjoyed it a great deal. Me too. And I should I probably should have thought that. Because if you go, you know, we've talked about it before. If you go in with zero expectations, it always ends up being a pleasantly surprising pay-per-view. This was good. It has an all-time great main event, an all-time great opening match, and nothing in the middle was bad at all. Uh, still a gimmick. Uh, so the worst match was Oscar Bailey? Yeah. Maybe? yeah. And, that and that wasn't terrible. And that did fine business for what it was setting it up. set up the end. I mean, the end of the match is the point of the match anyway. So. so really, this was, this is the, to me, this is easily their best pay-per-view of the COVID era. Yeah, and mm-hmm. I thought both SummerSlam and Payback were strong last month, but this is better. So I mean, they're on a kind of a hot streak. Yeah, with, three in a row with shows. Backlash man. wasn't bad either. Oh, the greatest WrestleMania, except no. for that bullshit in the middle with the Street Profits and Viking oh, Raiders and <laughs> sharks and, and, and then garbage mon- cans and, and then and Money in the Bank. We had Money in the Bank and then Extreme Rules. Yeah, or the horror show at Extreme Rules. So yeah, that was a little dry yeah. period in the summer, but now they've done well in the fall. So so. Let's let's do the mark out no sell because then we can talk about the draft after. 
Okay. So, <laughs> we got done with this pay-per-view. So, next weekend, there will be NXT TakeOver <laughs> 31. So, let's mark out no-so for this, shall we? The one non-title match, Koshida versus Velveteen Dream. First of all, I have a hard time believing, and I was floored when I figured it out, that he's been in the company almost two years, and this is Kushida's first takeover. Jesus Christ. He's been hurt for a while. Not that whole time. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But <laughs> I'm just years. saying, I'm just, you know. So that's in itself kind of mind-blowing. And then he's got to take on that fucker. God damn it. Um, I can't mark out because Velveteen Dream is involved, but I, I love Kushida, and I'm glad he's getting a shot, but God... I mean, I think I speak for everybody. We hope Kushida shoots on him yes. hard yes. and beats yes. the fucking piss out of him. Yes. He won't, and Dream will win, and nobody will care. Yep. They'll continue to give him a push because they don't like women, men, children. They just like marketable Minorities, superstars. Yes, you know, superstars. Yeah, uh, stars. So are, I mean, it's definitely a no sell. But are they pushing Dream as a face? No, he's a heel. No, he's a heel. Oh, okay. he's a heel. I. I I could have sworn for them that would be. I could have swore <laughs> he got thrown. I could have swore they piped in. They, I could have swore they piped in booze when he got eliminated from that. No, um, can you? Believe and I was like, what? And it kind of involves this because of the, the how bad it looks. But you've got both Austin Theory and Velveteen Dream getting pushes in NXT right now, mm-hmm. uh, even though they are two of the speaking out people. With, I haven't seen too much in the Austin Theory one in terms of proof or anything like that so i don't know what's going on but we have seen tons of proof on dream <laughs> a mountain of evidence uh and with those two people getting a push and it being reacted to very poorly in nxt is it maybe a bad look on raw that you have buddy murphy trying to get with a barely legal uh, Aaliyah mysterio would you say earlier tone deaf that's yeah. the right way to tone put deaf it way. Would be the best way to play. Um, like that's almost like in your in our face, like ha, motherfucker. If for like, some reason, if for whatever reason that baffles all of us, you're not going to just cut theory and for sure dream. Uh, you can't then also do this storyline. Like Vince says, hold my coffee. Jesus fuck, man. Hold my hold my kombucha. Whatever the yeah. fuck. To, to him speaking out, hold my a cheap heat angle. Hold my dumbbells. Hold my dumbbells, guys. Um. Yeah, no so yeah, no uh, Lil Kushida. Got barely taller than the top rope, and uh, Velveteen Dream, no thanks. No yeah. sell. Uh, I'm no selling, but like we said, let's shoot. <laughs> yeah. Uh, next match just got added today for the NXT Cruiserweight Championship Santos Escobar versus Isaiah Swerve Scott. I am going to no sell the fuck out of this match because they no sell the fuck out of this match. They don't give the slightest fuck about their cruiserweight division. No. Nope. So why should I? This is going to be a good match. <laughs> These two can go. They deserve far more attention than they're getting, <laughs> but they don't give a fuck about it. So at the end of the day, I'm not going to get invested because I'm not going to see anything come of it. Nope. Uh, the winner is inconsequential. Yeah. So it really so. doesn't matter who wins. And that's no shade at those two. That's completely uncreative. That's... Who'd have thought that the Cruiserweight division would get buried further by going off 205 Live and going to NXT? Isn't that crazy? That is nuts. I thought 205 Live is still a thing. It is. It's but, <laughs> it's, but the focus is NXT now, oh. and they don't do anything with it. I didn't even know that. Yeah. Um, 
So you that's it's proves my get, point. Is, you didn't it's on a ta- it's on a takeover, and it's probably not even gonna get ten minutes. Probably not. <laughs> so no sell. You, um, what about you, buddy? I'm no selling, but I Poor sort of. I am intrigued by this match. I'll just say that because of the two guys in the ring. It also doesn't help that they've shown it on TV like eight times in the last three months. Yes. So it's well, like, I mean, there's that. But then again, in all fairness, they have what three cruiserweights? <laughs> Heard that. Heard that. Next match for the. NXT Women's Championship, Io Shirai versus Candice LeRae. I, I, I'll start. I'll say I'll mark out. Uh, they had a great match a couple takeovers ago, and they know how to do it in the ring with each other. So, yep. I said it. <laughs> Go on. Who's Moonsault? Not for that, I'll mark out. <laughs> mark out. Um, I'm torn. They had a great match. They both can go. Is Candice LeRae fully set into her heel role now? There's a because you know, there's a marked difference between working as a babyface and working as a heel, and she's had a little trouble adjusting. If she's adjusted all the way and she's ready to be that uh, heel, it could be good. If she's still a little choppy, it could be bad. I'll half mark out. They can go. I like watching them, so sure. But not full forward endorsement. <laughs> that's that's fair. I think that's a fair assessment. Uh, I'll be right there with you. I'll uh, half mark out. Mark though, Devin. I'm kind of torn on Candice too. I love Io. I think it'll be a good match though, so I'll slightly mark out for it. Okay. Slightly for the NXT North American Championship, Damian Priest versus Johnny Gargano. Oh, oh. Okay. Yeah. Um, I was waiting for you to give your thoughts. Oh, uh, I'm leaning towards no sell, to be honest. Yeah, I'm over it's, here trying to think, too. I, I like both guys, but it's like how many... They need to do something else with Johnny Gargano instead of just always getting title shots and take over. Like, yeah. what's he done really to deserve the shot? I'd much rather see Cameron Grimes or Bronson Reed get the shot. Uh, or Adam Cole's not even on the goddamn show. How about right. something with him? It's just like, eh, I'm sure it'll be good, but I'd rather see Damian Priest get a chance to shine with someone new. So, no, so. Uh, yeah, maybe have a Johnny Takeover miss like three of them and just like retool it, m- refresh. Make it, make it matter yeah. when he's back actually on a takeover. As, as our buddy, the Johnny cult leader. Johnny Face. As the cult leader says, how can I miss you if you won't go away? Yeah. Uh, so, it's no, so for me. Yeah, Johnny Same Face. He's kind of burnt his, like, he's overstayed his welcome kind of to me in wrestling. At least for in that, NXT here. In NXT, yeah. yeah. He needs a fresh coat of paint. There's, he's been heel, he's been face, he's been heel, he's been, I mean, I, and he just take it just so we can get another Superman uh, or another Marvel ring attire. Yeah, in, like, in yeah. or something like that. I mean, all right. Uh, I will. I want to like slightly mark out. I'm by the way. Because of <laughs> well, <laughs> you, went on, you went on your little rant. Forgot so, to get in there. It was yeah, a yeah. <laughs> he forgot every. He did everything except for the one yeah. gimmick. The, the one the spot. Come on, kid. He had one job. Yeah, one job. I'm mean, slightly. I, I want to slightly mark out because I'm big Damian Priest fan, and I agree with you guys that Gargano has overstayed. You know, over overstayed, and. I'm just going to slightly mark out because I think Gargano and Priest can put a good match on. Uh, kind of thinking of what Devin just said, Gargano should be the leader of Retribution. He's the guy who has been overlooked and kept his thumb down in NXT forever. He should have been on the main roster fucking years ago. 
he should be leading retribution. Especially with this character he has right He now. should be, well, if you're not going to fucking push me to the moon where I need to be, to the moon! Uh, he's like, fuck you, I'm going to burn it to the ground then. Yeah, that's a, that's a, that's a fair good point. That's, that would make a lot of sense. Much better front man than uh, T-Bar. Wasn't DIY like rumored to be the leader? Yeah. So yeah, you could be, uh, Johnny Gargano could become Monkey Wrench. Mm-hmm. And debut as the leader of Retribution. <laughs> <laughs> Any other Foo Fighters song? <laughs> Any. He can be hey, his wife could come along and be Everlong. <laughs> De- DeWalt. Read in the Pretenders. Win or lose here, guys. Win or lose. All right. Let's find out who's the one here. With the main event for the NXT Championship, Finn Balor versus Kyle O'Reilly. O'Reilly winning a 25-minute uh, Eliminator gauntlet match last Wednesday. I'm going to mark out, although I have an uneasy feeling about this match. Me smells some shenanigans. Me smells maybe a Hollywood Hogan type coup de gras, Triple H coup de gras with, with Adam Cole, where it looks like Kyle O'Reilly is about to win. He's like, no, I'm the leader of Undisputed Era. That's my belt. You don't do that. Kind of like when they kicked Randy Orton out for winning. I don't know why. Even though they came out and celebrated with him on Wednesday, I kind of just thought that was a red herring. I, I have a feeling that shenanigans... Or Balor's keeping it, but I get the feeling something might be happening with Undisputed Era. I will say this, uh, Corey. You have, you have told us that if, you, if we go back and watch ROH days, Kyle O'Reilly's best feud is with Adam Cole. Adam Cole, and they haven't done it here. Maybe. So, Booble? Uh, I've been... I said it before, I'm not the biggest fan Balor guy. Um, the match isn't going to be bad, so it's hard to... No sell that. I mean, it's going to be a fucking fantastic match. And uh, the Hollywood Hogan-esque turn is interesting. Uh, if done, if it, if as long as they don't do like a straight up cut and paste fucking segment by segment reboot of it. Yeah, it's, I kind of feel like it'll be like someone else in his group is getting too close to what he believes is his. So kind of like mm-hmm. when they, kind of like what forced the Wolfpack to split when he he would attack Savage for getting close to the title and Nash had enough. I just kind of see that maybe happening. Uh, I actually love the legacy comparison more. Yeah. Or was getting evolution. too big, or evolution. Yeah. Or he was getting too big, and they were like, "No, bro, you're not. You're not here yet." You won, but that's supposed to be my belt. Yeah. So no. Uh, so if they do something again, not straight up paint by numbers, cut by paste again, uh, that's interesting going forward. So I'll mark out for the match. I am really happy that Kyle O'Reilly is getting a main event singles uh, little push shot. Yeah. Because as great as the team that I know is Red Dragon, um, <laughs> as they are. He's phenomenal and deserves to get a singles shot. Is that why it's kind of a bummer that there's probably going to be shenanigans in his first main event? It's like, yeah. it's like over. It's like, because uh, it came out of nowhere. This is like, mm-hmm. I mean, he was the most qualified choice to win that. But at the same time, I was like, mm, but there's so many other things you could do. Like, uh, <laughs> something's up here. Like, Devin? Well, we won't know because evolution is a mystery. But that intrigues me, Corey. I like that idea because I was kind of trying to think of how they could make... I didn't think... uh, Up until you said that, I was thinking of how they could make this match better because I didn't think it was going to be... I mean, it's going to be good, Mm -hmm. but like I know Finn Balor is going to win. So it's like, how could they make this interesting to where... Yeah, they got to do something. Yeah, they have to do something. Because... 
It has a weak build. Yeah. And I don't mean weak as in W-E-A-K. It's got a one-week build. No, one week. Singular. <laughs> Seven days. And the guy getting a title shot's been in a tag team. Plus, he's been off for six months, so there's really no heat behind this at all. But I like that idea of Adam Cole. Yeah. That makes sense to me. Yeah. So let's see if... Give fucking, Corey, fixed, give fucking Corey the pencil and I'll mark out. It fits his character. He's it fucking does. arrogant. He's conceited. And he believes that title belongs to him. So, yeah. It writes itself. Uh, I'll mark out. I like... Uh, I'm going to mark out, too. Forget again. Okay. Well, you jumped me. Jesus. I wasn't even yeah. there yet. Well, maybe start it with it. <laughs> Got to get the reason first. You can mark out and then get the reason. Just, Negative. just gonna start because I just said because I just said I. Mommy and Daddy are fighting again. I'm uncomfortable. Hey, I'll turn this car around. Damn it! Uh, no French fries. Good old JR can be back soon. All right. Oh. <laughs> uh, as I said, I was just in time to do an AEW markout or no? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I. I was going to start with, I'm going to mark out because I enjoy Kyle O'Reilly and I'm intrigued how they do the one man push so far and see what they, because there could be interference with the fact that O'Reilly has been feuding with Champa lately. So Champa may cost him. Um, We could have the evolution thing of Hollywood Hogan of Cole defend, uh, turning on O'Reilly because we, like Corey said a couple weeks ago, NXT doesn't know what they're doing with with, uh, with uh, Undisputed Era. You have Cole as a baby face. You have O'Reilly as a baby face. Fish, who's now hurt and gone for a little bit. Strong. And stronger heel. heels. Yeah. It's it's really split in half. It just feels like they want to break them up, but they're afraid to because, you know, it's a business. And they sell a fuck ton of Undisputed Era merch. Yeah. So, you know. Same reason they didn't want to break up the NWO forever because they're making so much money off that shit. It's hard to lose that. I many just want zeros. to know what side Adam Cole's on. So, it's not the Wolfpack. Back to back weeks. All right. So, at Clash of Champions, WWE announced that in October, like 9th and 12th, we will be doing a draft again. But according to uh, what Corey, I, I just picked it up as Oats. Oh, the draft, but Corey believes it might be a full-on draft, like draft, draft, not it's, just it's, eight people. It's, it's not everybody. A superstar shakeup. Yeah, if you look at the commercial, they make it very clear that everybody on the roster is to be divided. Titles aren't safe. Champions aren't safe. Nobody's safe, and it's a two-night thing. Like, if it was going to be a super a superstar shakeup, they would just call it that. I hope that it ends up just being a draft for eight or so people switch. I think redoing both rosters completely every year seems a little ridiculous. Um, but then again, they're in complete fucking panic mode, so mm-hmm. I can see them doing that too. Do you think they will throw NXT in this one? Or do you think it's just raw? Triple H said it was supposed to be. If you look at those commercials, they mention NXT not at all. However, the WWE Twitter account has a thing where you can like you know you push it and it stops, and oh, that person going to SmackDown... And there's tons of NXT talent. I myself had Adam Cole going to SmackDown when I when I played the little gimmick. That seems gimmicked for you. Right? <laughs> right? I was like, that's awful well, convenient. Corey, that's <laughs> undisputed. So I did it again and got our truth. So I mean you <laughs> better. Gotta maintain some kayfabe. I hope it's just like, hey, well, you know, fucking Cesaro wins a match, so SmackDown gets a pick. Hey. I'm Trump. Those are the best. Why am I having a hard time? Thinking <laughs> of a raw guy. Bobby Lashley gets a win. <laughs> raw gets a pick. That's what I'm hoping it is. Uh, so my 
issue with this isn't necessarily like them just moving people around. It's actually the idea of calling it a draft. So draft, traditionally, are new faces. They're unproven talent, mm-hmm. that sort of thing. To me, every year, this should be free agency. Or, They're fantasy, not. or a fantasy draft. Vince isn't clear-headed enough to do that. And I agree with you. That's what a draft is. But this company is always just called a draft whenever they switch people around. So, you know. To you guys, what's the importance of this draft? Because of the fact that this past Monday night, Mandy Rose, who was traded to Raw, debuted. However, Dana, uh, Dana Brooke joined her and Drew Gulak joined her as well. That's three people from SmackDown that moved to Raw. However, one was uh, mentioned well, did they ever get the future considerations from the AJ trade? No. There's your future considerations. Well, Dolph. Dolph and Rude. Yeah. Those were the future So you have Dolph and Rude go over because of the future of considerations of AJ. And then you have Gulak and Dana Brooke. I look at it this way with Dana. They just they don't care. No one cares. And She's on the roster. Um, plus, they're in a holding pattern for two weeks. And they're using the thought process that enough of the women are off because they couldn't pass physicals Mm -hmm. that they're just moving the women around to use as they see fit. Drew Gulak, I get the feeling he was only on Raw because he was part of the 24-7 bullshit at the pay-per-view. That was my Um, assumption as well. I I don't like it because it's going against what they're supposed to be doing, which was supposed to be strictly maintained per the two TV companies paying them money, but we all know how they feel about rules and being told what to do. Uh, so to, I guess, to that point, um, at least for me personally, I just speak for me on this. Um, if they, if they are really as panicky as it seems like they are, and they really want to kind of shake things up and try and make a difference, I really feel like draft picks should only be, I mean, big stars. It should not be Cesaro's and Mandy Rose's. I just, I just, they won't, I know. But what I'm asking is, do they have any big stars to draft? Like, what do you like, consider a big star? Roman and AJ. Like, people on that level. Randy Orton, Drew McIntyre. It should be those people. Right. And if you're going to draft other people, that shit should be on Twitter or on .com. You can do on that. On TV, com. it should be big name people that people give a shit about. Well, if, they, would, if somebody drafts our true second, fuck that garbage. Then it would just be the first half hour of the first night, because the ones you mentioned are pretty much the only ones at that level. Like, they, they don't have enough to do two days for that. And I agree with you. Like, mm-hmm. personally... It should be big deals and bang for your buck. And, oh, my God, that's interesting. You're like, oh, fuck. Now they you just, have AJ and whoever on Raw. Okay. Let's they've see done this. such a bad job of cultivating stars that they don't have enough people to do it, that. It doesn't help the fact that with when they first announced this draft, let's just go back a few years ago, when Stephanie and Shane were both in charge of each brand. Oh, Raw God, and, right? Well, you got to do that to us. We're going to for a second. God damn it, Joe. So <laughs> Stephanie's in charge no of... No sell. No, <laughs> no. Hang on. <laughs> Stephanie's in charge of Raw. Shane's in charge of uh, SmackDown. Yeah. Remember the Vince speech? Who uh, I don't care who. You know, just get me the ratings. Basically, just get me ratings. Don't care how you do it. Just get me the ratings. And then they just went off the cliff ever since. And then when once SmackDown went to Fox and Raw stayed on USA, it became the internet going. Companies don't uh, the. Fox and USA don't want crossbreeding, you know, with the mm-hmm. 
superstars. Well, ever since Fox, we've been getting that. Well, you know, every other week because then it became superstar wild card, and then it became once a week or a superstar can go to a a uh, the other brand for three times in a month. You forget that Vince McMahon's whims supersede. Uh, direct mandates from the companies paying them billions of dollars. Oh, yes, I know. <laughs> but it's just funny. Since that time of Shane and Stephanie being in charge, how many, like, wild cards have we had? How many, you know, situations of how can we get the person over to the other brand because, hey, we're struggling on that show? So, what, it, let me ask you guys all this question. What type of draft do you want? Do you want, like... I want the draft lottery, as they used to call it. Do you draft lottery? Do you want Raw to have first pick, SmackDown second, then vice versa? No. Like I what? want guys have a match. The guy from SmackDown wins. They get a pick. I was going to ask that, that's, too, if you want that type lottery. of match. And then, like, if it's a tag match, they get two picks. If it's a six-person tag match, they get three picks. Yeah. That's the, or, yeah. like, they used to do, like, the main event would be, like, they got two picks or whatever for the main event. Or, you know, hey, all of a sudden, yeah, they would have, they would have a battle royal where the winning brand got three picks. Yeah. Or... Hey, this is a this is a future superstars match. So the winning team gets two NXT picks. Like, do something unique. Do you do you want them to do what they did with the Cena year of Cena gets drafted to SmackDown, but then he can get traded back, no, I drafted back? That. No, just no. one one draft, uh, one. Once and you're done. drafted, you're done. Okay. You can trade mm-hmm. later on, but this whole like. Oh, he somehow got drafted twice in two hours. That's bullshit. <laughs> I was so pissed when I uh, that episode. Everybody I was, was so pissed. Um, I waited all night for that or something like this. Like, what if so? Uh, the first night's on Raw and the second night's on SmackDown. What if on Raw, um, it's SmackDown draft night and then SmackDown is Raw's draft night because they take their talent I from mean, that show. I'm they don't t- have to. It's a draft. I'm if they f- want to keep Drew McIntyre raw, they can draft him first. Everybody's eligible. Everybody's I, essentially not I, to a brand. Yeah, but like you're saying SmackDown drafts on Raw because Raw's talent's there, so they can just take Maybe them. SmackDown wants Roman Reigns, and they want to keep him, and they take him first. I'm not against that. My favorite draft was 2005, okay. where they did That's it Cena one. far Cena. differently. Yeah, Five picks. Each brand got five picks, but they did it over the month of June. The first week... On Raw, you found out who they got. They came in. On SmackDown, you found out who they got the first week. The second week, it happened again. Uh, so the first week, Raw got John Cena, mm-hmm. and SmackDown got Chris Benoit. So okay. they both showed up on those shows. That's how you knew. The next week, Raw got Kurt Angle, and SmackDown got Randy Orton. And you didn't find out until they showed up on the show. It was suspenseful. It was like, okay. So I don't remember. So like the week before, like was Orton on Raw that week, and then he got drafted to SmackDown. So mm-hmm. then he showed yeah. up. Yeah. Interesting. He interfered in the JBL Taker match to, to set up the rematch of Taker and him from WrestleMania that year. He was now on SmackDown. I like it. The third week, Raw got Carlito, and uh, SmackDown got Muhammad Hassan. Yeah. yeah. Well. And then the fourth week, they each got two to Tivo at okay. the five, and Raw got RVD and Big Show. SmackDown got Christian. And World Heavyweight Champion Bautista. But it made for a completely thrilling month. You didn't know what person was going where, and you waited most of the show to find out who showed up. And then think about those names he just said in 05. Those are big stars in 05. If you literally drafted those kind of stars, like we may not consider them big stars outside of wrestling, but fucking pretend, goddammit, that Bobby Lash is a huge star. Just act like it on TV. It makes a big difference. Act like it's the biggest news in the world right? when SmackDown gets You do out. something like that where you have to tune into SmackDown to see who the fuck goes, that's fantastic. 
And I don't know why they only did it the one time that. It was so fun. And notice how they waited the whole month to actually build suspense to, to get the Batista. Final, you could have just like put him on the, the next show, you know. Because on the whole Friday you could have gave them Batista. The whole month from the beginning it was like, oh no, now Raw has two world champions. SmackDown got the short end of the stick, and it took all month. Oh, yes, for the exactly. It builds the, the story. The final, the the final SmackDown was a six way elimination match for the SmackDown World Title, and then right after JBL wins, Teddy Long comes out and goes, "Playa, I, you didn't win nothing. You're the number one contender. I just found out we don't need a SmackDown World Title because uh, here's our final draft pick." And he Bratista comes out, oh. and it blows the fucking roof exactly. off. Exactly. And JBL's all pissed off because he went through all this work and didn't get a belt. <laughs> it, it's like, it, do you remember when Cena got drafted to Raw? Yeah, yeah that the was crowd. The yeah. yeah, the Jericho crowd blew up. Right. The, it was uh, the highlight room. Yeah, highlight yeah. Room. It just it. I agree with you, Corey, that they need to do something like that because of the fact that what they just do is we draft Finn Balor. And then they show a photo. Remember when they just walk up on stage? Like, hey, I'm here. In the but Raw I'll, shirt. And I'll tell you what. It made every single episode of Raw and SmackDown must watch that month. You could not Ratings. wait. Yep. They should do it again. Yeah, but if we get something cool, all we're going to get is Michael Cole going, Oh, my! It's, it's the big dog. Yeah. Yeah. So, we have the draft to look forward to in a couple weeks. So, I was actually like two weeks away, actually. Uh, it starts next Friday, isn't it? No, wait. No, yeah, yeah next Friday. Friday. Yeah, next Friday is the draft start. Start next Friday. Cool. Uh, Jesus. From Raw the other uh, night. Um, that's what I'm doing. From Raw the other night, uh, Randy attacks the legends. No oh, God. Um, as a janitor. As a janitor. From the future. Uh, <laughs> so honestly, for me, the biggest takeaway from Raw was actually something that wasn't on Raw and its retribution. It kind of sucks for that angle that, even though we shit on it, that they debuted the week before, and then whatever happened with COVID, not a single one of them was on TV for two weeks now, so I mean, it's going to be next week, they're not going to be there either. Uh, talking about shitting the bed when that fucking angle starts, it, it got horrific ratings to begin with, <laughs> and then they can't even be on TV to follow up and try and fix it. Well, they were up, weren't they? Wrong. Huh? I'm yeah, pretty the sure the ratings were up, like yeah. 100, no. uh, T- uh, I would say T-Bar made a good joke of... Um, when the uh, Ravens scored, uh, the lights flickered like they do, and then like T Bar was like, "You're not the only billionaire billionaire company. We are everywhere." Yeah. What I like is uh, Brian Alvarez uh, kind of dug at Retribution with putting last week's low raw rating, mm-hmm. and then uh, T Bar responded by calling him Super Chico because that was his indie name. But Brian Alvarez <laughs> didn't miss a beat, and he's like, "Yeah, I wish." I bet you wish we could all go back to our previous gimmicks. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Uh, That's classic. What's your guys' thoughts on the fact that talent did not find out anything about how the show's going to go until 30 minutes to till the show, and then Raw Underground not happening? We are straight up in the dying days of Nitro territory. Uh, f- scripts being torn up and not completed until you've uh, until you're about to go on air. They didn't do Raw Underground because it has to be pre-taped, and since they didn't get the goddamn script done until a half hour before, not to mention everybody who stands around that goddamn ring are NXT workers, so with COVID (laughs) outbreak there, you couldn't have them standing there. So either way, you weren't going to get Raw Underground, but not a good look. Um, This company is... uh, uh, Here's the thing. They have like 37 writers, and even though they split them now, they're, they're doing a hard... It, didn't, it took until last week, by the way, to do a hard 
uh, split on writers for each show. Jesus Christ almighty. So that still leaves about 15 per show. <laughs> and, I'm going to apply. And you're not getting anything done until a half hour before because the cranky old man can't decide what he wants. This is WCW, what we're watching right now. Yep. Like, what more? Without, by the way, the Hogan star power, the Goldberg star power, yeah, I was the saying, Sting star for, power, Except Nash. for 99 WCW power, uh, star power blows away current yeah. WWE star power. Jesus, so. dude. Like, Jesus. You've got... Thunder had more star power than most WWE shows. You've got Nan Latina buff. I mean, there's that. <laughs> You've got Roman. And that's it. that's it. Yeah, Brock's not under contract anymore. <sighs> yeah. It's a shit show. Uh, they need a complete overhaul in every possible part of their business. Mm-hmm. Creative, uh, legal, uh, video distribution, the network. Uh, I, I'm not kidding. Merchandise. Just, and, I mean, yeah, their merchandise the is terrible. terrible. Every fucking aspect of that company needs to be completely overhauled. WWE always thinks that people want something on the back of their T-shirt. You know what I mean? Like maybe retribution I, will burn it to the ground. Let's hope so. Let's hope so. Uh, Robert Roode returning last night. So we have we have someone back. Uh, you know what I made me? That match. I thought it was good. It was a good match. But you know what made me sad about that was the James Storm interview I read earlier in the day. That's what I was gonna. When you did when you, you hear about up, that? When he, when he brought up Ryback, I saw that there. I read something that said, "Oh, superstar or uh, ex champion says he's gonna try to join WWE after five years out of the ring or something." And I was like, "Ryback." But, but did you read kidding. that, Joe? I read it. Uh, I did not. I, uh, James Zen Storm Zen. had got the phone call to come in. Yeah. To Raw. Right after WrestleMania, but then COVID happened. Oh, producer then told me. And the first thing he thought was, "Oh, Rude's on Raw. We can do beer money again," which would be a much needed help to the goddamn tag team division. <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe they go with that. You know maybe. what I mean? With 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 them opening up some guidelines, even though they're having a break right now and co- with COVID, there's a chance they could come back with that. He's a little worried about it because it was Heyman who pushed for it. Now that Heyman's no longer in power. He's not sure that maybe he still have a chance after COVID, but he says hey, I'd be happy for it, and if they are interested, I would certainly do it. Mm-hmm. But that's what was going to happen. Who knows what's going to happen in the future? But it works perfectly because Ziggler could be ODB. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> one, Jesus Christ! Hey, hey, ODZ, one dirty Ziggler, <laughs> one dirty Ziggler. ODD, one dirty Dolph. Odd. <laughs> oh, you didn't know. Uh, uh, I, I personally would welcome beer money in WWE. Oh, they'd probably be like Capri Sun money. Core like a experience. A little short. <laughs> I tower over them. <laughs> I'm going to switch up our uh, talking subjects here because I want to end on a high note. So let's do the low point now. Uh, Joey Ryan, you can go fuck yourself. Oh, there it is. That's pretty much all we have to say. That's about all we have to say. All right, now Suing his accusers and for outing them because of it. Yeah, like so much for the confidentiality. I get it. He, 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 he wants to discredit them. Yeah. He wants to have his, and he wants like fifteen million dollars for trying to force himself on them. What a victim he is. Yeah, right. Yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm losing twenty thousand a year. So I mean, so you, you three that I've uh, forced myself, forced on. myself, took advantage of for fifteen million dollars. Fuck you, you Fuck piece you. of shit. So on a high note, Corey. Yeah. Uh, G1's happening still. Uh, your cousins informed me that I can uh, his stuff is up to date, so I should be able to use his uh, information. That's awesome. 
what have you thought of, I think, night twos? Or no, three I, didn't, four? I, I did one and two last week, and because of all the stuff I've had to do this week with buying a car and seeing family and running errands, I am not watching three and four until tonight when I get home, probably. So I have nothing more to report. I certainly hope so. Okay. I was going to say, and pleasuring yourself to Roman. But yeah, of course. That takes a lot well, of time. I, mean, um, I do know that your boy Ro- Yano is like 3-0. Oh. Hell yeah. As Hell he fucking should be. Should be. Um, that will not last. <laughs> I believe it's this weekend. It's the uh, like GCW cluster of pay-per-views. Yeah. That's, oh, uh, it's, yeah. that's not... That seems a little dicey right now. Exactly. It's, Terrible timing. Ugh. And a lot of Again, people, for them. Fuck, man. Well, I mean, cluster works. Because uh, clusters, I mean, it works. And a lot of people have backed out because, you know, they've got impact bookings that are more important. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bound for Glory's coming up. Yeah. So they're like, you know what? Impact's not making us, but I want to make sure I'm here for that because that's where I actually get paid. A match they, so. just, <laughs> a match they just announced for it is uh, ACH versus Leo Rush at uh, Joy Janela Spring Break 4. It should be a good match. So, but we have all yeah, that to watch this weekend too. Bad timing. <sighs> Not a good time. Second time of the year, man. Like Jesus, those like indie just guys cannot. I catch understand because they, they wanted to get that money that they lost at WrestleMania. Sure. I totally get it. But you probably should have just waited till next year and just, just made it calm. like incredible. And just I mean, like take all that energy and just be like, hey, we haven't had one of these in two years. We're gonna fucking go balls yeah. to the wall. Yeah, because this certainly seems a little snake bit. Yeah. Hopefully the shows are are, are good. Uh, Priscilla Kelly versus Effie in a uh, uh, like absurd match type thing. Or like they're both. No, you don't say. <laughs> but like that's like the gimmick of the match because of them doing all this stuff. Like they're gonna try and go to the extreme. I was gonna say. I mean, essentially, uh, if you wanted to watch Effie Watt wrestle seven times this weekend, uh, this is where you tune in. Because yep. So it's gonna be a with lot those two to the extreme would be. Effie pulling a used condom out of his ass? Probably. Or used a, a not condom, but he used a tampon? Maybe. Instead of her pulling it out, Effie does? He referenced that, so. <sighs> we'll see. <laughs> Jesus. I'm not anticipating a high star reading on that match. <clears throat> Can't wait. <clears throat> so we got a lot of wrestling to look forward to, and you can find out what we thought of it next week on the No So Podcast. You can find all of our lovely podcasts at nosoentertainment.com. And you can listen to our podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. And Roman Reigns, you are our tribal chief. <laughs>